and welcome everyone to Partnership in Practice. This is our new integrated care podcast series, which is going to focus on partnership working and relationship building across our systems. My name is Dwayne Johnson. I'm the Chief Executive of Sefton Council. And I'm also the lead for Solis, which is the chief executives in England. I'm the lead for and policy spokesperson for health and adult social care. And I'm your host for today's episode. So this three part series will bring together some insight, knowledge and first hand experience of how strong relationships have helped local partners to deliver more joined up and effective responses to the collective challenges and pressures that our systems faced. And over the course of the three episodes, we'll be shining a light on various topics, spotlighting how the NHS, local government, adult social care, people, communities can work together effectively. On today's episode, we're going to be delving into the key role that local authorities and the VCSE sector have to play in integrated care systems. We'll be focusing on the approaches taken by Suffolk and North East Essex ICS. And we're going to be spotlighting how collaboration and innovation can have far reaching benefits uh, to transform the nature of partnerships into tangible outcomes for reducing health inequalities through employment and skills. We'll also hear how this interaction between system partners and the local population has helped to deliver solutions tailored to the wants and needs of the local community. But before we get into it, let's hear from our expert panel. Thank you, Dwayne. I'm Peter Fairley. I'm the Director for Strategy and Health Integration at Essex County Council. We are a large county uh, in, the, in the east of England, just north of London population of about one and a half million and we work with three integrated uh, care systems as well. I'm sure we'll touch on that a little bit shortly. Nice to meet you. Hi, I'm Sharon Alexander, Chief Officer of CVS Tendring, a small umbrella organisation that covers a population of 140,000 and has a thousand voluntary groups operating in the area. Thank you for inviting me. I'm Susanna Howard. I'm the Integrated Care Partnership or ICP Director for the Suffolk and North East Essex Integrated Care System. Um, but I've been very much involved with the development of the ICS since the beginnings, since 2016, when we were a sustainability and transformation partnership and been very much part of the journey over the last few years. So for us as an integrated care system, I think um, a very key, a key feature of that journey has been really leaning into kind of what we've seen as a con the concept of an integrated care system and trying to see it as that genuine equal partnership between um, all of the different partners involved in health and the NHS um, in the, all of the different parts of local government and also um, our voluntary community faith and social enterprise sector as well. I think it's fair to say that we've developed a kind of mantra at a very early stage of, of needing to be uh, ensure that we had an equal partnership uh, between all of those different stakeholders. And but um, have been on something of a journey about how to, we can actually achieve that equal partnership locally for Suffolk and North East Essex. Um, ICSs sometimes seem to feel, look and behave as if they're kind of NHS creations. And we felt very strongly that we needed to try and 
mitigate against that. So we've tried to create a more central identity for the ICS and uh, be interesting to, to, to draw out some of the, the details of that with you today. And, and Susanna, just before we uh, we pass over to uh, to Peter and Sharon, can I just ask then, just on that point, what have been some of the key challenges then uh, in that space? So I think um, when you sort of stand back and say, what, what, you know, what are we doing and why are we doing it? Um, it's very, you know, easy to kind of get into a room and say, well, we need to to improve the outcomes for the population. But um, if you just take the three of us who have joined you for this conversation today, um, our, our perspective on the population is very, very different. You know, Peter has a responsibility for uh, residents across Essex. Um, Sharon has a very kind of key focus together with such a broad range of other partners on um, very local residents in, in tendering. And um, for the Suffolk and North East Essex system, we've got different partners with a different focus, depending on what they're doing on parts of uh, very wealthy parts of, of Suffolk and, and other more deprived parts of Suffolk um, and also kind of, you know, different parts of North East Essex. So I think there's something about the fact that we can all agree why it is that we need to work together, but we need to kind of embrace lots of different mechanisms to do that, depending on what it is that we're trying to do. You know, we, we try and um, do our best to uh, highlight what's strong and not what's wrong. We want to um, attract people to come and live here because of its beautiful coastline. It has many assets. It's got a vibrant voluntary sector. It has very strong um, sense of community in particular areas and in the rural areas. So tendering as a whole, it, it, it has um, the wealthy areas such as Frinton-on-Sea, in Clacton, it entered the top 20 on the uh, IMD, the Indices of Multiple Deprivation. It has a large proportion of children who leave school without qualifications, and uh, it's difficult to get those children out of that and to have higher aspirations to go on to further education. We have got a very high unemployment rate. We really do want to boost the economic um, health of Clacton um, because this is key to poverty uh, or alleviating poverty and illness and well-being. So all sorts of issues. And actually, I'm sure I haven't mentioned all of them, but I think it gives you a picture. Yeah, thanks. And, and Peter, it would be good to bring you in now. We're obviously interested in your perspective, so I'll hand over to you. In Essex, we have... Uh, what's called a two-tier system of government. So we have the county council, which I work in, and we we do services like adult social care, children's social care, bus services, education. But we also have district councils uh, that, that provide housing services, leisure services. Um, those two bits of local government have to work together. Um, so it goes back to Susanna's introduction. Probably six, seven years ago, the conversation was probably limited to an adult social care department and the NHS about how we could support hospital discharges. We decided really early on that just wasn't going to cut it. That was not going to make any impact whatsoever on the challenges that Sharon has done. We're really proud that the, the North East Essex Alliance, which is, you know, is our place based partnership uh, that, that, that brings together, uh, you know, the key partners for North East Essex. It, you know, we're really proud that that's a really inclusive partnership. So 
not only do we have the NHS there, we've got local government there, we've got the voluntary community sector. No individual organisation can improve health outcomes. No individual service can. Um, you know, so the only way to make a real inroads is through having a broad, broad partnership of people and brains that come together to tackle it. Part of this podcast is about partnership and collaboration. So just from the panel, I'm just keen to get uh, maybe one or two examples of where that's worked and maybe the journey that um, you've been on in your system around collaboration and partnership. What, what's been the recipe for success? What are some of the things that you've learned along along the way? So my background originally is a psychologist, and uh, so I do relationships and behaviours and feelings and all those sorts of things. And and I do think it's important. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, anybody working around integrated care always says it's all about trust and relationships. But you have to pay attention to those things. And that actually we when we come together, we do talk about what actually really matters and acknowledge challenges each other are facing, um, celebrate um, things together. Um, all of those sorts of things. And, you know, you start to build that sense of belonging together because of your shared history. And we have been fortunate that we've had um, uh, a fair amount of stability in terms of lots of the kind of key people around, around the system. I think one of the mistakes you can make in building an integrated care system is to expect it to work through governance processes. I infamously at one point banned anybody from drawing a diagram of the system because it was a complete red herring. It was um, a really unproductive conversation. We didn't need to talk about how we were structured. We needed to talk about how we work together. You'll hear stakeholders in our ICS talk about the system being an ecosystem um, where different parts of the system interrelate together um, and you know, almost in quite unpredictable ways. You kind of let it go. Um, and um, acknowledge the fact that we're going to need to have multiple different complex ways to do what we all agree on, which is to do things together as one team. Yeah, I like that description of the ecosystem, and we'll come back to that, I think, um, uh, maybe later in the in the podcast. But Peter, you wanted to come in. We've got a programme called Clacton Place, which we're really proud of. It's a partnership programme between Essex County Council, Integrated Care System, uh, the uh, borough and city councils, uh, but also NHS England and the Department for Work and Pensions as well. We are trying to tackle those issues around kind of um, lack of employability, looking at how we as anchor institutions can use our leverage to create job opportunities. Um, so just to give a little taste of what that is, uh, we're doing a programme called um, a Diagnostics Trailblazer. So. Uh, through that, we're offering people uh, 12 weeks of uh, masterclasses and also work placements um, so that they can learn about diagnostics and give them a pathway to potentially working uh, in the diagnostics uh, centre. Uh, over 280 people have been through that 12-week uh, course. 80% uh, of those people are from tendering, uh, which is where, where Clacton is with high levels of deprivation. And at the end of that 12 weeks, people have are able to apply for a job at ESNEF, which is, uh, uh, which is the acute hospital, uh, and the community diagnostic centre as well, which, we, we've, which we've opened up in Clacton. We've supported 79 people uh, into employment through that programme, and 50% of those have been unemployed. Um, you know, so not only are we helping address the kind of the workforce challenges in the NHS, but we're also helping you know, people from these communities to access employment uh, that they might not otherwise have had. 
and another 34 people have gone into uh, further education as well. So in order to deliver that kind of 12 week program, the Trailblazer to help people access masterclasses and opportunities, we've worked uh, with the Colchester Institute, uh, you know, a vocational uh, college to, uh, to help support people in training. Uh, as I say, we've worked with the Department for Work and Pensions. Um, um, you know, we've been able to access government funding, uh, such as the Community Renewal Fund. And we've also, and I would like to like to say that this has been kind of uh, uh, championed by the local authority, but, you know, we've got front and centre there people with neurodiversity, learning disabilities and, and, and mental health challenges at the forefront of our thinking about, you know, so how can we make sure that there are opportunities for those people as well? Because by the way, when you look at the employment stats for, you know, for adults with learning disabilities, you know, across the country, it's, it's just shockingly bad. Uh, you know, so anything that we can do to help those people access employment uh, is absolutely the right thing to do. Hopefully that's a really good example about how we can help create synergies between the, the economic employment and also the health agendas. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that, isn't it? And, and one of the things, <clears throat> maybe diverting a little bit, but I think it's really important is, how do you get the public to buy into the ICS? You know, as, as systems, as Susanna talked right at the beginning, didn't she, about the ecosystem, which was which was interesting. But in a way, is that our own bubble? Um, so, you know, you start to go out and talk to the to the public about what an ICS is and what it's delivered. Do they really know? So every presentation I give about the ICS, I always almost make the same joke at the beginning, but for an important reason. And it's a true story, this. When I first got uh, the, uh, the job of being the programme director for the um, what became the ICS, I went to tell my mum, right? My mum was 80 at the time. And I was trying to explain it to her. And I said, look, mum, I said, I'm going to be working with all the different organisations, you know, involved in health and care locally in North East Essex, where we lived in Suffolk. I said, so they all work together. And she genuinely just looked at me and she said, well, I feel just thought they did that anyway. But from the public's perspective, they have every right to expect that we should all work together and collaborate together on their behalf. We should make available and we do make available um, information about how we organise the ICS and how we work and all the rest of it. But really, they expect that we are doing this in any case. And, uh, you know, they'll they'll know when they receive that really kind of can do health and care. That's when they'll know it's different. Yeah, I agree with your point, Dwayne, that, um, you know, do the public really care about some of this? I think, you know, a lot of it is um, a lot of this. What we're talking about is actually the kind of maybe the wiring uh, that is behind the scenes. It, it's it's the duck's legs that are kind of moving frantically under the water. Um, but the public just need to know that when they're in receipt of a service or, or um, you know, that they've got particular challenges in their community that, as Susanna has just said, actually, they should assume that the different organisations and partners are working together to address that. How we're doing that, what we're doing behind the scenes to do that is kind of a matter for us. That, that, that's really good to hear, um, Peter. I want to pick up culture. And then the other thing I want to pick up is what's been the involvement of schools and colleges and particularly from an employment and skills perspective. I'm particularly interested in in examples where we can join uh, the discussion around those areas. So Susanna first. So just think about the issue about culture. I think it's some of it's about what you do and some of it's about what you don't do as well. So um, if you go back six or seven years ago, it would be um, the case that, you know, you might hear um, colleagues, you know, somehow 
blame other colleagues for problems in the system. You know, um, uh, it would all be OK if only, you know, social care would do X or it would all be OK if the NHS would do Y or um, the voluntary sector complaining about, you know, whoever. Um, and I do think that, you know, we probably haven't completely ironed this out, but I think we've made real progress towards, if you like, a set of behaviours where kind of everybody gets the fact that that's unhelpful and that's not really what we're here to do. And there are different ways of managing things as well. And I would hope that the relationships are strong enough that issues where there are tensions, if you like, can be sorted out through uh, other means. Um, you know, we all know what, what it takes to kind of negotiate. At the end of the day, I look across the system and we've got, you know, a huge array of different organisations, people, characters, you name it. And it's almost like a day to day navigation of all of that. Um, but keeping that kind of point on the fact that we need to keep moving in the right direction together. So I think there's something about everybody kind of, you know, having in mind not just what we're trying to do, but what we're not trying to do and also not trying to manage each other by building lots of unnecessary structure, I think is helpful or understanding why some partners need to go through particular processes um, that they need to, for example, colleagues in local government have their democratic processes and, you know, we've really embraced and brought elected members um, I think they have quite a role um, in the system as well um, and recognise their interests and responsibilities. So, um, yeah, there's a lot about um, uh, kind of, you know, some of that soft stuff that wouldn't come through if we just wrote a description of the system. No, that's uh, that's really good um, example. I'm going to bring in uh, Sharon. Um, if there is any examples from the colleges, it would be really good. And then I'm going to start to draw us to a close and it would be good to to hear from each one of you just about future aspirations um, for your system. So, um, Sharon. In terms of colleges and schools, we were in a workshop with fellow colleagues. I just said, I've, I've got this idea about instead of um, giving out winter packs to people um, in community centres, why don't we just target the wards where we know people need them, where the housing is poor? Um, and, you know, we have dodgy landlords. So um, the, the partners around the table said yes. And when you do those draw drops, bring in the other partners, such as fire, police, the local council. And we can all do that wraparound service. And it's been an ama amazing success. Um, and the colleges have, um, uh, because of the workshops we've had, they have been using CVS and voluntary sector services in order to deliver some of their projects. We have been working with, with all the partners to um, tackle um, careers uh, advice in schools. And so one of our jobs fairs, which, which is a roadshow where, you know, we go to major supermarket car parks and things like that. Um, the, one particular one was held in uh, the sixth form college um, and um, they listened to the voluntary sector when we said, don't have it at the end of the day because people are getting the bus home. Have it, don't have it at, at lunchtime because people only have half an hour. Have it as part of the school curriculum. So there, there needs to be more of that in the sixth form college. We need to be, um, you know, uh, finding a way to um, collaborate with our um secondary and sixth form colleges um, at an earlier stage and having them fully integrated into the aspirations of the ICS 
and 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 showcasing the the wide variety of of job opportunities there are in the system because it's not just about health and care it could be it it, you know it could be anything it's easy to forget that one of the core purposes of ics is, is actually around how we can improve our contribution to the social and economic development of our areas. What we do in in Suffolk and North East is have that kind of front and centre. So there's a real focus throughout everything that we do on wider determinants of health, uh, bringing the different partners together in a way that can reduce health inequalities and create better outcomes and opportunities for the people of our local place. Um, right, let's uh, bring us to a, to a close and um, I'm really keen just to get your insights, views on the aspirations for, for the system. I mean, the ultimate aspiration is, is we, ha- we have to uh, make improvements to the health outcomes in, in, in some of the most deprived parts of North East Essex. Um, you know, that, that is what we are working for and we can only do that by working together to address the wider determinants of health. The second is, is that this is long term. So we need to stick with it and we need to evolve the model continuously, the, the way in which we work. Uh, so that's the second thing. Uh, and the third thing is, is it, um, building on uh, the culture change. Um, you know, so I'm really proud, actually, that I am very confident that as and when key jobs change in the system, if somebody came in uh, to apply for an NHS job, system leadership job in northeast Essex uh, and was um, narrowly focused on NHS services, didn't have a very collaborative style, they would not get the job. I'm very confident of that because it is absolutely key as part of the culture that we work together, we talk together. Yes, we hold each other to account, um, but we've got to think more laterally. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. And I think we've got to sustain that culture, which has been in place now for five, six years. So my, my key take home is diversity and inclusion in its broader sense. I hope I can speak on behalf of the voluntary sector locally in saying that we have a a big part to play. We have specialist expertise, well placed to support people um, with complex needs. And we save the statutory sector a lot of money um, by focusing on prevention um, and the wider social value. So, um, yeah, uh, my aspiration is to work uh, in an integrated, collaborative way and to have uh, achieved a resilient, sustainable voluntary sector. One of the key learning from, from this event and, and, and also from my own experience is, is, is really trying to take the, the businesses and, and the system workforce with us um, on our journey. They've got to buy into it, haven't they? And um, we, we must remember that they do require that support training and um, uh, they need to feel empowered, I think, um, to change the system um, when they know it needs further development. And uh, we've got to give them the skills and the tools, but they've got to feel that uh, we're listening as leaders. I think we've heard some great material today, some about culture, about behaviours, some great examples of uh, system working. And so that's it. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you 
to our expert panel, Susanna Howard, Sharon Alexander and Peter Fairley for your time and invaluable insight. Join us next time where we'll be discussing the focus on adult social care and how partnership working can support workforce pressures. So I've been the real Dwayne Johnson and this has been Partnerships in Practice, an integrated care podcast from NHS England. Thank you for listening.